we've been talking about the blood covenant and uh, man, all night the Lord's been talking to me about some other things too. So just believe God for utterance today because I have quite a bit in my, in my heart here. So let's start out in Hebrews chapter 9 in verse 22. I love this. In Hebrews 9, 22, now the blood covenant, want to encourage you, go back and listen to those other five messages because the reason why we teach on this is so that you know that you know that you know that what God has promised you, he will fulfill in your life. You can put all your trust in him. God's word is absolutely true. It's not subject to change. And the God of heaven, everything he has, everything he is, he's given to you. You have access to everything. So in Hebrews 9.22 it says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Now this Greek word remission means there is no deliverance and there is no pardon without blood being shed. Okay? So now back up to verse 12, and I want to read a couple scriptures here. It says, neither by, and that, that Greek word for by can be translated through. So you could say neither by or neither through the blood of goats and calves, but by or through his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. That means he purchased yours and my eternal freedom. John chapter 8, verse 36 says, whoever the Son has made free is, whoever the Son hath, past tense, made free is, present tense, free indeed. When, when were you made free? 2,000 years ago. So you are free now. Whether it looks like it, whether it feels like it, doesn't matter. If you will believe that, and start walking in the word of God, and you position yourself to allow the God of heaven to come perform his word that he's given you, he will change everything in your life, right? You know, finances, Pastor Dave was talking about finances, and as he was doing that, do you know, there are people, and, and I've been there, I, 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 financial problems are horrible, because they talk to you all the time. And you got to know you've been redeemed from poverty and lack. So don't give up if you're right in the middle of a nightmare situation. Because God is your provider. And his ability to get over to you what he's provided, which is more than enough what you need, it's always more. Like we're raising 150000 There's no way only 150000 will come in. Because he'll always provide more. Okay, but here's the thing in your life. God will always do it. You are on assignment here Those debts those bills They're his because you're his So this is the key though Third John 2 says beloved I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So in other words, how do you walk in it? Your soul has to prosper, right? Now, even some of the things I've said today, you know, people get hungry. 
And so many of you are hungry, but not everybody. Right? Not everybody gets hungry. Some people don't like it. Oh, that pastor's talking about money. I'm out of here. Right? Be careful. Be careful to look at something outward and make a decision. You want to learn how to prosper in your soulish realm. The only way to do that, James tells us, as you implant the word of God in your heart, it brings, it brings salvation, wholeness, and healing to your soulish realm. So what happens is you might be right here today, and this is, these are your boundaries. But as you start seeing getting revelation knowledge of who God is, his love for you, what he's provided for you, what happens is your soul will start prospering and all of a sudden your boundaries will start widening and all of a sudden you'll go from, man, I can't even see myself ever catching up to I can't see myself ever being in lack. And, and it opens the door, right? You just want to keep the door open to the Lord. So neither by the blood of neither by or through the blood of goats and calves, but by or through his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He took his own blood into the tabernacle in heaven. It says in verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and goats, the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge, this word means to cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Wow. This new covenant blessing, our conscience has been purged. Wow. Right? Jesus was the sacrifice. He was the perfect sacrifice. This is another reason why I don't believe Jesus became a sinner, right? Did Jesus die spiritually? Yes, if you define spiritual death as separation from God. We know he was separated for three hours on the cross. But it would take a perfect sacrifice to redeem us, and he was, right? So let's keep going with this. Jesus then took his blood once and for all into the holy place in heaven, holy of holies in heaven, as our high priest. And that blood didn't seal our sin, didn't cover our sin, it erased it. You talk to God about past sins, he's going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because they're gone, right? So now this blood that was shed for you and I, it produces a perfect righteousness in us. And that perfect righteousness that we've been made breaks condemnation off your life. And when you walk by faith, you want to have confidence towards God. you got to know when you reach out, he's reaching out. Right? The Lord was talking to me. He said, Tony, when you take hold of me, I'm taking hold of you. Right? I think that's why I love, love hugging people. Because, man, I can tell you this. I could, you know, there's nothing like God just grabbing you and just down in your spirit. It's so real. It's so far beyond the natural. And he says, Tony, it's going to be okay. I have got you. God tells me that all the time. I've got you, right? And then all these scriptures will come up. 
right? When you walk through the fire, it won't even kindle on you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I will never leave you. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. I am your shepherd. Therefore, I will see to it that you never lack. I love that. This power of sin, it's been broken. Sin consciousness is broken. Isn't that good news? Here's a big one. Guilt and shame has been broken. Have you ever done anything and you feel shameful and you're guilty? That will eat your lunch. Jesus died for that. It's gone. So now, because of all of this, God looks at you and I as if sin never existed. Because sin's gone. It doesn't exist in your life. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I've got so many notes. But I've got to go a different direction. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. Guys, the key, the key to your life, hallelujah, the key to your life is you've got to know that this word is true. It's not subject to change. The God of heaven is moved. He gets in motion and it pleases him when you believe his word. He wants you to know you could trust him. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass, right? So Matthew 4, 4, this was during the temptation of Jesus, right? In verse one, it says, and Jesus was led up of the spirit to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he afterwards was hungry, we know that starvation hunger would have come upon him. And when the tempter came, and the way the tempter came was in his thoughts. That's literally what the Greek word denotes. Jesus was tempted just like you and I. The enemy comes in your thoughts, right? Look at Jesus responded. When the, end, when the tempter came to him, he said, in other words, Satan is speaking in Jesus' thought life. If you be the son of God, right? First of all, he comes against your identity. You got to know who you are, right? If you be the son of God, command these stones to become bread, right? Now, could you imagine how hungry Jesus was? And that's what Satan does. He will hit you at the weakest. Your flesh Jesus' flesh, they say after 40 days, every system in a person's body is depleted and starvation hunger comes And because if you don't eat, you'll die. And this was a temptation, so Jesus could have made those stones bread. Right? Why? Well, he was righteous. He had a covenant with God. I mean, it's amazing. Everything was subject to him. But Jesus, even in that, he responded with the word of God. This is what I want you to say. See, he answered and he said, it is written. And now he's going to quote Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And he says this, and this is a powerful truth in your life. Man shall not live 
by bread alone. But man shall live, what? By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is God-breathed. How do you walk by faith and live by faith? How do you live in peace and joy? You live it as you believe this word in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth. In other words, Jesus was saying right here, the way food is to your natural body, my word is to your spirit. The word of God is spiritual food. If you want to know where you're at, look at your diet. That's all you got to do, right? For some Christians, they haven't eaten in years. They have not eaten in years. For some, could you imagine if you just ate like a snack every day? Just one snack, right? Where would you be physically in a week, in a couple weeks? What about a year, right? So man doesn't live by bread alone. No, man we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this is why his word is to be the center of our life. How you know God is through his word predominantly. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus through the word of God. The Bible even says he is the word. So go to, verse, or go to chapter 24. Matthew 24. Let's look at verse 35. Is this okay today? We're just going to flow a little bit. Matthew chapter 24. I believe it's verse 35. Jesus speaking, he said, heaven and earth will pass away. This means, this word pass away means change from one condition to another. But my words shall never pass away. So not only do you live by God's words, God's words will never pass away. That word pass away means they will never change from one condition to another. He never changes. His word never changes. If he said he gave you something, he did. And there's no power on the earth that could stop it from your life except you can choose not to receive it. You're the one in control. This is why this whole thing about, well, God's sovereign, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Well, now, wait a minute. Let's look at the Bible. Do a, do a study on sovereignty, right? Rule number one of sovereignty in your life, your will trumps God's will. You didn't, it was God's will that every Christian be in church today. But notice, those that, those that stayed home, was there a flaming angel with a flaming sword going, hey, you better get your butt to church or I'm going to rip your arms off, right? No, 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 that didn't happen. You know, I mean, God is the God who would have all men to be saved. But, you know, while we've been in church, you know, people have died, left this planet, and went to hell and are lost forever. It was never God's will, right? So this is interesting. You have to know that this is not subject to change. Okay, so now let's go over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Look at verse 46. Again, this is Jesus talking. 
He says, and why? He's talking to these guys, and he's like, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That was confusing to Jesus. He's like, you're calling me Lord with your mouth, but you're not doing what I say. That makes no sense to me, right? How does God know a person loves him? They will obey his word. Every time I have not obeyed his word, I would love to say, I mean, I love God with all my heart, but not when I was doing, not when I was breaking his word. I chose to love me. I chose my flesh over him. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit that will help me strengthen my spirit man so that I could keep my flesh under control, so that I could renew my mind, so that I don't do that. Because the God of heaven measures love one way. Do you do what I say? right? This is, this is amazing. You know, it's kind of like children. Do you know how they spell love? They might spell it a little different than we spell it. We might spell it L-O-V-E. Do you know how Asher and Micah spell love, my grandkids? T-I-M-E. Time. Right? Are, are you, are you going to, are you, are you going to, be with me. Are you going to, right? So God, God defines love as, are you doing what I say? Aren't you glad he's a God of all mercy? Right? And then he says this, whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you to whom he's like. He's like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid a foundation on a rock. Now we know what the rock is, a rock is a revelation knowledge that Jesus is Lord. It's revelation of him. But a man that does his sayings is like a person that digs deep and builds a foundation on top of this revelation. Right? And, and, and it says here, and when the flood arose, not if, the floods are going to come. When the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on a rock. So in other words, what do I build on the rock of Jesus, revelation knowledge that Jesus is who he says he is? What do I build on that? Being a doer of that. And when I'm a doer of the word, I hear his sayings and I do them. When storms come, it can't rattle my house at all. In other words, I am no longer moved by the outside. Guys, this is a message for us. We are living in the final days. It could get really, really crazy, right, in the natural. But I could tell you, before we're out of here, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. So God will provide for you as the world's getting crazier, as things get more expensive, as things get more scarce, you will have more than enough for you. If you build and dig deep and build your house on being a, on the rock, the revelation that Jesus is Lord, and I'm building a foundation of being a doer of the word, right? This is so, so very important. It couldn't even shake it. So the word, Interesting. Go over to John chapter 1. Go to John chapter 1. 
how could you read John chapter 1 if you don't read verse 1, right? I mean, you just have to. This comes out of my spirit every day of my life. I just hear it in my spirit all the time, right? John 1, 1 through 4 and verse 14. All the time, I just hear it and hear it and hear it. Sometimes I'll be walking around praying and I just start quoting chapters in John. I never memorize chapters in John. It just comes out of my heart. In the beginning was the word. You know, Jesus' eternal name is the word of God. And the word was with God. I love that. The word was with God. We, we should maybe show that Greek word again. I'm thinking she's just looking so good. So it's the Greek word pros. It's one of my favorite words. So come on up here. We'll demonstrate this. So the word was with God, face to face. Now, Jeanette and I, we kind of are like the amplified version of that word, right? So I love that. Oh, honey, I'm, yeah, I don't know if I knocked that off of you or what. But anyway, the word was with God. The word was face to face with God. Now I've got lipstick on. All right. And it says here, and the word was God. So in other words, this word that we are talking about is God. Eternal life is knowing the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. How do you know, how do you know the living word Jesus through the written word and through the spoken word? Because how do you gain revelation, knowledge of the written word? You speak it. And what does it reveal? The living word. What's that Greek word? Jesus, right? Look at this. All things, or I'm sorry, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. So in other words, the word made everything. The word will make a new joint in your body. The word will cleanse your blood. The word will make a way for finances to come into your life and increase to come into your life. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The word will take the biggest mess you could ever imagine and turn it into something glorious. The word will make your whole life look like what the Bible says it should look like. It's awesome. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. In other words, in the word is the very essence of life that God has. Isn't that amazing? And the life was the light of men. This word light means the life that came out of the word of God was the spiritual source the development of men. In other words, this develops you. Isn't that amazing, right? You go down to verse 14, it says, and the word was made flesh. This word was made, it literally in the Greek would read like this, and the word took upon himself flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Could you imagine John's going, we beheld his glory. It was the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth, the word. So now let's go to chapter six of John. 
Let's look at verse 63. Boy, how do I, you know, once I get flown like this, I could probably do this all day. And it's just, it just, it's hard to do because I just weep because it's so full of life. Guys, you want to change your whole life. Make this first place. And you'll, it's a faith thing because when you do it, you're reading it and you're like, have no idea what it's talking about. Don't worry about that. It's not intellectually grasped. It's spiritually discerned and he'll bring revelation knowledge to you. Just go to it with a willingness to do whatever it says. Look at this. John chapter 6 verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. That word quickeneth means makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. See, words are not sounds. God's words, they are a spiritual force that are going out to do something. We as Christians, we don't speak just to communicate. We speak to put spiritual law in motion, right? That's, that's why God says, you say what I say. So we're in John chapter 6. Go to John chapter 8. Let's keep building this case. John chapter 8, in verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews that believed on him, he said, look at this. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So think about this. It didn't say, you, if you just hang with me for 10 minutes. No, it says if you continue. See, this is why we meditate in the word. You say it over and over and over, and it will open up, and all of a sudden, it becomes alive. And you, it, see, Brother Hagin used to say this. The word of God has to dawn on your spirit. And in order for it to dawn on your spirit, you got to keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. This is why I have absolutely no problem teaching and saying the same thing over and over and over again because we got to get it in our spirits because that's what equips us, right? So this is so big. Their spirit, their life... As I continue in the word, I will know, that means, that word know means I will experience the word, who's Jesus, right? And once I know the word and I'm experiencing it, the word of God will make me free, right? Verse 36 says, whoever the son hath made free is free. The word, the word will never bind you. It will never bind you. It always will make you free. So that means if it tells you to do good to those that despitefully use you, do it because that's the road to life. So many Christians spend so much of their life in despair because they won't let go what somebody else did to them and what somebody else did to them that person that did it to them doesn't even think about them anymore. But it's still, I, I love the statement that Joyce Meyer made, right? Unforgiveness is like 
you drinking poison expecting your enemy to die, right? You gotta, you gotta go home and watch Frozen with your kids and sing the song, let it go. Just let it all go. He is your everything. He will restore your life, right? Chapter 14 of John, let's look at verse 21. Look at this. This is gonna, what, what, I'm, what I feel the Spirit of God wants for us is the word of God has got to be elevated. I want you guys to just literally, you'll get to the point when God starts revealing himself, you'll start, you'll get crazy. You'll start looking for ways to spend more time with the Lord, right? And if you want to grow, if you want to grow quickly, this is the thing. If God's planted you here, the gifts inside of me will equip you Right now, it's not me, it's him. We'll equip you to go do, walk out God's plan for your life. So the greatest thing, if you want to grow really fast, now you should read your Bible, read your chapter, read, read in the Bible every day, but take these messages that God has me preach and sit down with a notepad and your Bible and a pen and please do a ruler so when you underline it's straight, that'll help your pastor, right? But, but literally, and then you listen and you stop it. And you take notes, and God will give you other scriptures. And then at, by the end of that message, you will understand that there's a price to pay. Because your flesh will be going, I've been, I've been doing this for an hour, and I'm only 20 minutes into the sermon. You know, you'll get to the point where you click in the next one in the series, and you're like, oh, I was really hoping pastor only preached for 45 minutes, but this is an hour and 10 minutes, which will take me at least two and a half hours. But I'm telling you, do that. You, I mean, God will start equipping you, speaking to you. All of a sudden, you'll start walking in an anointing. It's, it's amazing. I know, because God had me do that as a young man with my pastor in California. God had me do that with Brother Hagen, right? And just, man, I just... By the time, and by the time I got done listening to the message, the same thing will happen to you. It will no longer be a message you heard at Faith Family Church. It will be yours. It'll be your message. So look at this. Verse 21, he that hath, that's free. That's just an advertisement, right? <laughs> he that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me, look at this. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father. Well, now, wait a minute. Why, doesn't God love everybody? Yeah, he does. He loves you. But there's a difference between God loving you and you experiencing his love. You're not going to experience it unless you invite it because he won't kick, the door, kick your door down and just love you. It has, he, he's a gentleman, and he knows you have to initiate that. He's already, see, everybody was like, what are you saying, pastor? Why wouldn't he make the first move? Oh, no, he did. 2,000 years ago, he made the move. Now it's your move. It's my move, right? So look at this. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father. Look at this. And I will love him, but here's the, here's the cherry, and will manifest myself to him. Wow. 
And then Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Wow. So Jesus basically said the same thing. But guess what it means for God to come and make his abode? Jesus was talking about us. God came and made his, God is inside of me. He's inside of you. We got it much better than Adam and Eve. They walked with God in the cool of the evening every day. That's, that's okay. I get to walk with him all day, all night, right? I love this. So, now we've got to have this scripture because now we've got, to, we've got to know how to walk this out. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I bet you probably know what verse I'm going to go to. Maybe verse 17. Right? Pastor, don't waste your time on that. I already know that. Awesome. So, faith. So then, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing. It's the Greek word, a koe. It literally means, it doesn't mean listen to. It means hearing. It means a person comes to the word of God and puts it above everything else in their life. Gives the word their undivided attention and allows the word of God to speak to their heart because they are willing to do whatever it says. Right? See, we build our faith through hearing God's word. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Or you could say it's the same Greek word, by. Hearing comes through the word of God. So in other words, what are you saying, pastor? If I'm not hearing the word, I'm not really hearing anything? Yes. Yeah, that's what the Bible's saying. So I'll make this statement. You might want to write this down. This, this, this really, the Lord gave this to me. This is powerful. A willing heart makes a hearing ear. All you got to do is be willing. Right? This is, this is big. So given that, let's go to Colossians now. Colossians chapter 3. Sometimes I'm pausing because I've got to figure out where to go next. So this is a work in, this is a work in progress. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Look at this. This is powerful. Let, that word let means allow the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You have to allow the word to dwell in you richly. That means abundantly. It means it literally means excessively. I'm an excessive word freak. Oh, you're one of those word people? Absolutely. Aren't, why aren't you? Right? Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. How? In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, 
And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So worship's going to be a big part. It's going to be a big part. And, and another part of having the word dwell in you richly is you're not going to get that alone. Teaching one another. Right? Pastor Edwin and I, yesterday, we, we were doing that. Right? We go to breakfast. We sit there. Right? And we have our Bibles out and we talk about the word. Right? Then I dropped Pastor Edwin off. And then Tylen and I did that. Right? We got, in, we got in the word together and we talked about the word. What did Jeanette and I do? We talk about the word all the time. Teaching. This is how it dwells. We talk about it. God's irresistible. This is, it's, it's full of life. I want, I want to be excessive. I'm so excessive that if the word says it, I don't care if everything in the natural says it can't happen. I'm still full of joy, full of peace. Yeah, hide and watch. God is bigger than all of this. Right? So let's keep going. Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. I'm kind of closing down now. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I, I'm pausing. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Yeah. Here we go. I'll close with this. It says here, look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse... Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In the Greek it would read, all scripture is God-breathed. And it is profitable for doctrine. This means it's profitable for instruction and teaching. Right? It's profitable for reproof. That means proof. It gives you proof. What is the proof that God is your healer? It's right here. Right? I have his report. It's, it's profitable for correction. Wow. That word correction means something that will restore you to an upright state. It'll correct you. Man, when you get bummed out and you're down and you're beating yourself up and you're like this inside, it'll bring you right back up and go, oh, wait a minute. God loves me. He's for me. I have a future. I don't have... This is changing, right? Wow, I messed up for the 300th time and he's still, all of the mercy and all of the love is still there, right? Man, I love that. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. It will instruct you how to walk as a righteous person in the earth. A righteous person, no weapon formed against that person will prosper. It'll teach you that. It'll teach you how to condemn words spoken against you while loving the person. It'll teach you to believe God, to bring the peace of God into your children's life and to, for them to be taught of the Lord. It'll keep you far from oppression. It'll keep you from fear. It'll keep you from terror. It, this is, it'll instruct you in righteousness. It's what the word of God does. Why? Verse 17, that the man of God that's male and female, may be perfect. Perfect. This Greek word means that the, that the man of God, that the males and females of God would be complete, and I love this part of the verse, and fresh. 
isn't it awesome to be fresh? I mean, every time you're, everything in your life is fresh, right? Your relationship with God is fresh. It's just when, you know, it's kind of like at my house. We put a new garage door in. But man, our old garage door was a lot louder. And I'd sit in my office and I'm studying. And all of a sudden, the garage door goes up. And I'm like, ooh, my wife is home. When I grew up, my stepdad would pull in front of our 35-foot trailer. And I grew up every day going, oh, he's, he's home. Oh, what am I going to have to deal with? God help me not beat him up. Right? Sometimes I'd start that prayer with, God, please let him take a swing at me so I could beat him up. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible. But I live my whole life every day. What am I going to face today? What, what, what is he going to do today? If he touches my mom, I'll kill him. I mean, you know, I grew up in this stuff. And then now, it's all fresh. Oh, Jeanette's home. Right? We'll be sitting in the living room. All of a sudden, we hear, we'll hear the garage from our, our living room, and we'll be like, ooh, Sarah and the boys are here. All right? Or, or the other day, I, I, I'll, I pull in, and, and here's David. David, oh, my son's here. Ooh, church, friends, people, everything. He makes everything fresh. That the man of God may be perfect, complete, and fresh, thoroughly furnished. This, this word thoroughly furnished in the Greek means thoroughly qualified and fresh. Unto all good works. God has a life for you. And how you walk in it is you fill your heart with this. And the Holy Spirit, he will bring, he'll, he'll open it all up for you. All you got to do is be willing and obedient. Amen.